0: Hello and welcome to the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program or JSMP in Jacksonville, Florida. JSMP is a nonprofit advocacy and prevention program dedicated to youth sports safety through awareness, advocacy, and prevention. Today we have a special guest, Bob Sefcheck, Executive Director of the Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program. He also serves as CEO of FasMed or the Florida Alliance of Sports Medicine, and he's a member of the Florida High School Athletic Association Sports Medicine Advisory Committee, also known as the SMAC. So, Bob, we're here today to discuss two new forms that have recently been um, updated. One, the EL2 pre-participation examination form and the AT18 concussion form. So, tell us first a little bit about what is JSMP and what is FASMED and what is the SMAC? Thanks, Jim.
1: Uh, It's always great to be part of our own little program here, so thanks for always including me uh, in your discussions. I think it's important, that though, that we do uh, get right to the topic here because um, we've got some important updates coming, and uh, as we had in a, another podcast talking about our educational programs that are going to go through these uh, updates as well. But uh, Jacksonville Sports Medicine Program is a kid's sports safety program, and it is supported through our local healthcare care organizations, Wolfson Children's Hospital, uh, Nemours Children's Clinic, Brooks Rehabilitation, the Duval County Public Schools and the Duval County Medical Society here uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, The Florida Alliance for Sports Medicine or FASMET is a is a like organization, uh, but it is a physician driven physician member organization that advocates on a statewide basis. So uh, not only do I have uh, an important role here in Jacksonville uh, in regard to uh, assisting our local providers, but also at the statewide level. Uh, I am very involved in what is going on legislatively through our physician members, uh, as well as uh, through the Florida High School Athletic Association and my my uh, presence on the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee. So uh, I, I believe your question was, uh, you know, what are these forms and what are the updates and, and what do we have to know about? Uh, and this information is important not only for our parents and our student athletes, but also our physician providers out there and our athletic trainers. So I I do want to start right off with um, uh, maybe even something that that everybody is already aware was going to be updated, and that is the pre-participation physical exam form. Uh, In Florida, uh, by state law and by policy of the FHSA, all student athletes must complete and must have a pre-participation physical exam done each year. And from our standpoint of the sports medicine advisory committee, we consider that the first step of injury prevention. Most people don't look at it like that, but, you know, just having a comprehensive physical exam uh, could potentially prevent many, many injuries from occurring. So it is important that uh, we do have a standardized form in place for that process as well as uh, just this message here of encouraging you to make sure that you are having the best provider perform that examination of your uh, young athlete out there. We want to make sure that we capture uh, and catch any uh, you know uh, preventative strategy that we can to to prevent injury. So the EL two form or the pre-participation uh, physical exam form was updated this year, and, and really, I'm proud of what we. We're able to do, and that is adopt the national best practice. the 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 uh, the the national uh, organizations uh, that we commonly hear of uh, in terms of the American Academy of Family Physicians, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American College of Sports Medicine, and the American Medical Society for Sports Medicine, American Orthopedic Society for Sports Medicine, and. Uh, also the American Osteopathic Academy of Sports Medicine, all uh, put uh, meet uh, about every five years and uh, go through their publications and find the best practice uh, methods for detecting uh, potential sports-related injuries Uh, before they occur and and put them into this physical exam form. So we have adopted their uh, 2019 version of this. It seems a little bit dated, but it's really not. It's the most current form. Uh, So we've upgraded to that best practice uh, as a statewide organization. Um, And this uh, does create a comprehensive document for our physicians to use when they are screening our young student-athletes Um, as part of that pre-participation exam. One of the newest changes this year was, again, our sensitivity to personal private health information. And uh, as part of this adoption of this form, uh, those agencies have requested or have really suggested that Uh, several of these pages of this document are retained by the parent or the clinician uh, that is performing the exam. So the medical history part and the physical exam uh, forms will be kept by the physician uh, as they're doing the exam in their office or uh, by the parent if if that is uh, what the parent does choose. Uh, This year, which will be the major change, we have a page four of this document, which we are referring to as the medical eligibility form. So this will be the only required document um, that a school will need for somebody to participate in sports. Um, And this document is, uh, like it states, uh, a medical eligibility form. It's going to indicate that the student-athlete has completed a pre-participation physical exam using the guidelines provided in the EL2, and the the clinician that's performing the exam will be able to indicate uh, their medical eligibility for all sports, or um, uh, they do also have the option of of modifying and and just uh, approving for certain sports. Uh, The very important part of page four of this form Uh, is uh, the bottom portion where it does provide an opportunity for uh, not only the clinician, but also the parent to uh, include some need-to-know information, uh, such as allergies, any cardiac conditions, any history of concussions, things like that, uh, that a school or a school medical provider would need to know to keep their kids safe. So uh, very excited that that form is now officially up in In use as of uh, March of 2023. Uh, That's available on the uh, FHSA.com website for parents and uh, clinicians to access
0: uh, as they use uh, or as they uh, evaluate their kids. Okay, so just to jump in and clarify real quickly the physical examination form, pages one through three, are the sensitive medical information which is retained by the parent and the physician, or you also said clinician, what an athletic trainer will need will be the medical eligibility form or page four that will alert them to any conditions that may be present that the parent, the physician wishes to share with them. That will That is what they will have uh, from each athlete. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. And
1: um, it, as much as I, I would like to keep that clean and say, yes, that that information goes to the athletic trainer. What we've learned through uh, our, our work with the schools and, and within the, the sports medicine advisory committee is some schools use an electronic upload system and a, a uh, software system called Home Campus. So, uh, again, that information, uh, it's school dependent on how they are transmitting or collecting that information, but um, you're correct that that page four is the only form that's now required by policy to be collected. So, athletic trainers, if your school has an athletic trainer, hopefully will have access to that. Uh, certainly, if, you know, if they need to for the medical history information that's down below, that that uh, would would aid in the safety of. The student athletes but athletic trainers should be working with together with the athletic directors and their school principals to make sure that everybody has uh the access needed to that form
0: okay so please pay very close attention to these forms what's your process make sure you have policies and procedures in place that help you uh, dictate how you're going to handle all this information and make sure in your parent meetings that you uh, very clearly explain uh, the processes there uh, not every school does have an athletic trainer, so uh, maybe somebody else is handling this. But it's very important you do have your policies and policies and procedures in place and a good plan of action going forward. So, um, anything else on the? Uh, let me just ask you a quick question. We could, just to clarify, um, everyone needs a good physical examination every year, and these these for athletics. These forms are the. Um, Uh, authorized form to be used for participation in Florida high school athletics in that. So make sure that you have the right form, not just a, Hey, he's cleared to participate type thing. And uh, one other thing we're concerned about high risk, for example, sudden cardiac arrest. So we're seeing a little bit more with electrocardiogram screening. Uh, What's your recommendation or what's the SMAC committee think about uh, that? So, I, I want to capture one of your comments
1: there, you know, making sure you have the right form. Correct. The EL2 form by the FHSA is the only acceptable form that can be submitted to the schools. There is no other form option, uh, even if a student athlete went to their doctor and they they got the doctor to, to just sign off on a, a prescription pad or something like that or brought the notes in or or as we've heard in the past, the Florida Blue form, that is not uh, an eligibility form for athletics uh, per FHSA policy. So all all documentation must come on the EL2 form. Um, Jumping to your question uh, on cardiac health and ECG screenings, uh, number one, uh, as far as the pre-participation exam goes, uh, what are committee, our, our sports medicine advisory committee does promote is that your child, your student athlete should be getting examined by somebody who's familiar with them and somebody that's familiar with the family. So uh, the first option is always their, their, their personal pediatrician, personal family health care provider, uh, somebody that's familiar with family history and, and can Uh, do a comprehensive examination on the the child. Uh, For uh, families that don't necessarily have a relationship with a provider uh, and they're being seen in other clinics, again, making sure that a a comprehensive approach to this uh, exam uh, does occur is very important. So finding the right provider um, uh, by word of mouth, by uh, looking uh, for information, by visiting Woofson and Children's Hospital and looking at their resources, uh, uh, would be a great recommendation from, from our standpoint. When it comes to cardiac health, uh, what our Sports Medicine Advisory Committee uh, really states is that we strongly recommend a medical evaluation with your healthcare provider. Uh, where you discuss risk factors of sudden cardiac arrest. And that may include an uh, electrocardiogram. It may include an echocardiogram. Uh, But nonetheless, first starting off with that conversation with your family health care provider, letting them know that you are familiar with the, the cardiac risks that are involved in sports and how best to keep your uh, student athlete as safe as possible. So it's definitely uh, having that conversation uh, with that provider and letting that provider provide you with the, the best information
0: for your individual uh, student athlete. And I'll just quickly add to that. Uh, in the past, we have done those types of screenings and been able to identify uh, people that have had pre-existing conditions that they were, they and the family were previously not aware of. And so, uh, it's just very good to have a very comprehensive physical examination annually, uh, so that um, so that your child is as safe as possible. So, one more comment, Bob.
1: Yeah. So, I I, I do want to draw some attention, and I'm not sure if you were going to bring this form up, Jim, or not. But uh, again, very important, not only from a parent standpoint, but also from A clinician standpoint, again, whether it's athletic trainer or physician, uh, that everybody is familiar with the EL3 form. Uh, We mentioned the EL2 form is the physical exam, but the EL3 form is what we consider our consent and release from liability certificate. And uh, from a sports medicine advisory committee standpoint, this is our opportunity to provide educational materials to parents. Um, Sadly, I think a lot of times what happens is um, parents and student-athletes just focus on signing the form and not necessarily reading the information that's on the form. Uh, Again, there are three very, very important pages as far as I'm concerned uh, in this EL3 packet. One uh, deals with heat-related illness. Another one deals with concussion. And uh, our, our latest update to the EL3 packet uh, involves a very comprehensive uh, overview of sudden cardiac arrest and provides detailed information about echocardiograms. So although it'll take you five minutes or so, it's very important information to review and to understand, again, whether you're a parent, whether you're a student athlete, or whether you're a doctor. Uh, This is very important information that's provided through our committee, through the the Florida High School Athletic Association, uh, and uh, hopes to educate and inform uh, all of the above uh, on these conditions.
0: Very, very helpful there. And we will post uh, links to all these forms, um, the EL2, the EL3, and the AT18. And you can also find them at fhsaa.com. So let's move on uh, to concussions, uh, which are still uh, in the news. And we have an AT-18 form that is completed when a person has in, in incurs a concussion and then their follow-up care prior to safe return to play. So what have we learned about concussions the last few years and why are these AT-18 forms important and what's the updates? Well, um, as far as what we've learned about concussions is – They're
1: still occurring. And uh, I think uh, in our overview of of what we've studied from the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee, uh, we do feel very comfortable with what our athletic trainers, what our team doctors, and even what our coaches are doing out there as far as uh, recognizing when somebody does have a concerning injury and uh, getting them evaluated and uh, sent off to... Uh, their uh, primary care doctor, their pediatrician, or the urgent care center uh, emergency room to be evaluated for uh, further workup. Where uh, we were challenged a little bit, and um, you know, we, we came up with an easy resolution to this was the fact that uh, we want to encourage collaboration amongst our healthcare providers when. Uh, assisting a student athlete that has uh, suffered a concussion or even suffered what we consider a concerning head injury. When somebody was taken out of uh, participation, um, just to be safe. Uh, It's important that we have a standardized approach and a uh, stepwise approach to uh, reintroducing them to physical activity. So that's where the AT18 form comes in. We uh, Florida is uh, one of probably a handful of states that actually has a form in place that guides a parent, student athlete, and and medical provider through this process. So we're very proud of of what we've been able to put together on this form. Um, There aren't many updates that are going to be very noticeable to our clinicians and our coaches and our our parents out there about this form. Uh, But it does offer a a little bit more user-friendly approach and and really does encourage the collaboration amongst healthcare providers uh, when it comes to recovery from concussion. And uh, that's, you know, really what we want to point out is uh, this form shouldn't, Feel like a penalty to anybody that that we're trying to safely return to play, and we're allowing for uh, physicians to collaborate, meaning that the the physician that initially evaluated the concussion doesn't necessarily need to be the physician that clears somebody to return to competition. So we have a lot of team physicians right now working with with our high school uh, athletes, and and they're they're ready and able to uh, assist somebody in, in getting back to play. Uh, we want them properly evaluated initially. Uh, and then we also, uh, have that last, uh, section of our safeguard where they're evaluated or, or the, the, the process has been reviewed by a physician prior to return to competition. So hopefully that helps. This form can be transmitted electronically. It doesn't require somebody to go back to the physician, uh, a second time, but it does, uh, really encourage that collaboration.
0: All right, this is excellent information, Bob. And again, collaboration, comprehensive, those are two key words we need to take from what we've learned today. Uh, This is very valuable for our uh, certified athletic trainers, our parents, our physicians, any healthcare providers that are working with these athletes. And uh, so we'll have all this information available on our show notes, and hopefully you will find this very helpful. Please take the time to get acclimated during the summertime to get prepared for your sports. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Youth Sports Safety Update produced by JSMP. Make sure your school or sports team is safely prepared with a certified and licensed athletic trainer. Please check out our website at JAXSMP.com. I'm your host and producer today, Jim Mackey. Please join us again soon. And for all you athletic trainers, happy Athletic Trainer Month. Take care. 20 minutes, 21 minutes.